Well, this is Sandcast, beach volleyball without Triborn, but we are with Travis Mawerder here in our tropical paradise of Bonaire with my amigo, Woo. Kyle Friend. Yes, sir. Dude, how great is this place? We are spoiled here. Let's just say that. Um, long travel day, but I think in the end, totally worth it. I would say so. I was like kind of dreading it, like when we were leaving Hawaii, because like for our listeners, so me and Kyle had a travel day that we left Hawaii at 12:45 um, p.m. on Monday. That's correct. Got into LAX at nine o'clock p.m. Um, Monday night, and then we hopped on a red eye to Panama City, not Panama City, Florida. No, which, no. As I discovered midway through our Halfway flight, through the flight, uh, but. Panama City, like actual Panama, and then we got in there at, what time did we get to, like, 9 a.m.? No, no, I think it was a bit earlier. I think it was, like, 7. Okay. Maybe, so something like so that. So we got into Panama City at 7 a.m., hung out there for, like, that was a quick one. That one was a quick 45-minute. That was, minute. like, 45-minute layover. Yes, yes. Hopped on another plane to Curacao. Curacao. Which is an island just south of Aruba. It's, like, off the coast of Venezuela. And then we were in Curacao for a minute. Uh, our flight to Bonaire, which is our final destination, got canceled. We didn't so, know until late. So we were there for an yeah. indeterminate amount of time. So then we went to uh, Mambo Number no. 5 Beach. Mambo Beach. Hung out there for a while. Kyle gets a WhatsApp, a random WhatsApp, saying that we were put on a flight at 5.30 <laughs> to Bonaire. We got on this like little puddle jumper, like smallest plane I've ever seen, to Bonaire. We got into Bonaire at... Like seven thirty or eight o'clock yeah, yeah. last seven, night, seven o'clock, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and sure uh, and now we're here in our tropical paradise of Bonaire for the final event of the season. Yes, not a bad one to end on. No, this is a pretty good one to end on. Like I said, this resort, it's like a compound almost, you know. And we're staying in this villa that has three bedrooms. We're going to be staying, I think, with another USA team here, Chris Austin, Chris Johnson, and then one more team they're putting in here, um, but. Everything is beautiful. I mean, all the furniture and the wood, and it's just the views are spectacular. Yeah, the this views. place is is sick. Can you? Is it like it's kind of hard for me to get out of like vacation mode because we go from like Hawaii, one tropical paradise <laughs> to another, and I'm like, oh man, I gotta play volleyball yeah, too. Volleyball. We, we both had like early exits in Hawaii, so it's been a while. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. We had we had a longer vacation time in Hawaii than I think <laughs> yeah. we both wanted to. Both of us losing on the Thursday qualifier, and so it's. For me, I did my best to enjoy Hawaii. I think those first couple of days after was a struggle for me personally, yeah. just to get in that mindset of okay, it's fine. You know, it's, <laughs> you you're here, enjoy Hawaii. It yeah. took a minute to get there, but I sure did enjoy Hawaii. And now I was a little dreading that travel day that we were just talking about, the 25 hours or however long that was uh, to get here. But that's in the past now. That's in the past, yep. and I feel better. I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to feel bad out here. It's hard. It's, it's like, hard. had you ever heard of Bonaire before? I had not heard of Bonaire before. Yeah. No, never. I had only heard of it because, like, my parents honeymooned in Aruba, and my brother's about to honeymoon in Aruba. So Aruba. then they were like, oh, the ABC Islands, which are apparently is Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao. Yep. Which yep. we've seen two of them now. We've seen, I know, right? <laughs> Might we as well pop over to Aruba, of Aruba one of these days, you know, in between <laughs> matches. Quick little, yeah. quick little puddle jumper across. Yeah, that's it. Um, no, I, I had not heard of Bonaire. Like I said, I had some friends that used to go to Aruba. And then some of my European friends, when I, when I had posted on Instagram that I was going to Bonaire, they're like, oh, I've been there. And Curacao, oh, it's beautiful. Like, you should check out this place. Yeah. Check out this place. So it's definitely a spot to check out. I'd yeah, say. for sure. Yeah. And, like, is it has it hit you yet that, like, the season is – this is, like, the last event of the season? For most people, like, are, they're already, like, done their Instagram. Like, yes. it's off season. Yeah, you yes, post. Yes. But, like – as it like, have you kind of grasped that this is like no. the end of the year? No, I haven't yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I said, this is my last event this year. I know you're going to do one or two more, maybe FFBBs, yeah. Qatar. Uh, but for me, this is my last one. And no, it hasn't sunk in yet. Even after Hawaii, it was. I knew I had one more tournament, and I don't know if it will really sink in till I leave here. Maybe like I'm going home to Florida for ten days, see the yeah. family. I've been home all year, so I'm excited to do that. So. Hopefully shut it down, you know, to flip the switch into like straight off season because yeah, yeah it's, I haven't really flipped that switch yet in my mind because I think I'm still a little hungry and angry after Hawaii. Yeah. I think that's the feeling right now and knowing that we have to play volleyball here is exciting, and, but it's, it's hard because of this vacation mindset that right. we're in, you know, uh, but no, I definitely off, still not off season yet for me. I know it's not for you. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to smashing a few more volleyballs. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yes. And with you, you mentioned that like I'm still hungry. Yeah. And and I still definitely am too. And it's funny to look at it like if we had. I think if you were told the results that you would get and how many main draws you'd make at the beginning of the year, I think you probably would have been like, yeah, 
good year. Yes, yes. And I think same thing for me. I didn't do like as well in like the major AVPs as like I would have wanted, but like when taking a holistic approach and like I probably played like thirty tournaments this year. It's a lot. It's like when looking at all of them and like not just doing the seven AVPs that I played. Like it was a super good year, but like you, I'm like damn, like. Always want more. Always want more. <laughs> I think that's what keeps keep us coming back, though. Yeah. You know, I think this sport, it's just constantly grind, constant hunger, constant. Yeah. I said you start the year, or like for me two years ago, it's like, okay, just qualify for a couple tournaments. You know, we did that. And then this year it was like, all right, well, now we're qualifying for tournaments. Let's get that top 10. Let's consistent be top 10. And yeah. then it's like, hey, you get the top 10. It's like, I wish we could have won one yeah. more. You know, it, it's <laughs> no, funny how it's funny how it, it rises. Your expectations uh, rise yeah. along with your play, um, and I think that's that's a good. That's a sign of growth. I think that's mm-hmm. a sign of you're putting in the right work. Because um, I said, if you kept the same goals, like oh, I just want to qualify every time, I just want to qualify, and then you know you're not you're not going to push yourself. You're going to get comfortable. I think in those those situations. Exactly. So how would you kind of evaluate your year? Like, would you say good year, solid year, a little left on the table? Yeah, I think a solid year for me. Um, I think a little bit left on the table. I know it qualified in almost every tournament that I played in uh, with Duncan, which was great. And as my first year as a defender, not um, bad. Not bad. <laughs> like first I said, we, we got a top 10 in Austin. Uh, we made it into Manhattan and Chicago and Seattle. And um, so we, we had some good finishes, definitely wanted some more. But for me, it was... Okay, how, what am I going to learn every tournament, every match, playing defense, you know? Yeah. And I think it slowly got better um, just evaluating the game and the, the chess game and the in-game decision-making slowly increased, you know? As a, def- as a blocker, you have, so- you, you have control in a sense of you can put this great block and you can take these angles, but as an attacker, it's like, oh, well, I see you there. I'm going to shoot yeah. it over you. And then it's defense. It's like, oh, that's my job, you know? So I feel like there's a bit more... Uh, a little bit more weight carried as a defender. And I think for me, at the beginning of the year, I, from where I am now to the beginning of the year, my knowledge as a defender has increased dramatically. Yeah. Just the feeling of what it looks like on a cut shot or the positioning. Um, and so for me, basic, evaluating my year, yes, I want more. I wanted to qualify in Hawaii. I wanted to qualify in Hermosa. Um, but I know moments of greatness in my mind of defense for me which is exciting knowing that I think I'm taking the right steps I'm in the, I'm in the right position for me personally as a defender yeah um, and so I think for a first year defender I'm, I'm very happy yeah I'm very happy what made you want to make that switch because like I feel like whenever somebody asked me of like oh you're gonna play defense Cause like on the smaller side as a blocker but I'm like even as a small blocker I like get picked up by guys that I really shouldn't be because like Supply and demand. Supply and demand. So why would you like reverse that for yes. yourself to go play defense? No, it's funny. That's a good question. I think when I first started to play beach, my my mindset was I'm going to be a defender. Yeah. You know, I was an outside hitter in college. I played some libero in professionally and some tournaments. You know, I was really good passing the ball. It's really yeah. well. And I at six four, I'm not the biggest blocker. You right. know, and I'm like in that in between stage, uh, but. I was planning on playing defense, and then when me and Miles Mogotatia got together, it was like, well, we have something good going. We can run some fast offense. We're a good ball control. Like, I'll just block. You know, we'll just do it. And we found some success for two years. And like you said, I think supply and demand. Yep. So I was like, well, I can fill this role as a blocker until we get to these seventh place matches, ninth place matches, where these guys are six, seven, six, eight, and I'm not quite as effective anymore. So I think mindset going into beach was I want to be a defender. But I think the learning curve and the supply and demand put me as a blocker. And I think it was only a matter of time until I could find a blocker for myself. Right. I think uh, it was important for me to just get out in the sand and get reps. Right. Because no one knew who I was probably on the beach, you know. Yeah. So you just go out there and you're like, I'm, I'm a defender and I need a great blocker. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. So. Uh, starting out as a blocker, I was just happy to get on the sand, and you know we were effective. And so I knew at some point there would be a switch. You know, and when me and Miles split after two years, it was like, hey, let's get some blockers. You know, let's help each other out because we're both defenders. Yeah. So and I, for me, I'm a defender, like right. without a doubt. Like that's that's where I belong in my mind. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's it's been awesome. Yeah. And you've had like a real, I feel like a lot of people who make that switch or try to. It takes a little bit longer for them to get it. But I guess your background is like an outside. You have to do everything. Libero. You can dig hard driven as well as anybody. I feel like that probably made it easier. It definitely did. Did did blocking help you as a defender too? Like knowing what 
you're trying to take away as a blocker, so like where you should be as a defender? I think I think 100%. Yeah. I think my blocking now, when I switch block every once in a while for practice, is so much better um, because of the defense that I've been playing this last year. Mm-hmm. You know, And I think that's helped in reverse, too. I said the blocking uh, those first two years um, definitely helped me line up defensively and have a better idea of what they're doing because, you know, when you're blocking, you, you have that more first – uh, closer distance mm-hmm. than that, that better eye hand eye coordination of seeing what they're doing um, in certain positions. And that's when you get to defense, it's like, okay, like this blocker is going to do this. And I know that because I used to do that. And yeah. so then I'm going to slide over here <laughs> yeah. where this attacker likes to go. Um, so I think it for sure helps. And like I said, anytime if we're doing practice, like switch blocking is still fun for me because yeah. it just makes you work on something a little bit different. And you see the game a little bit different, like yeah. you said. I think now that I've been playing defense, blocking is easier. Yeah. Blocking is easier. So. I mean, what about you? You've done some. You've done some back row a little bit here and there. I do every know? now. Every now and then we'll split block. I think every time that you end up at the net, and we're playing together. You get a block though. So <laughs> this I don't is have true. To do anything? This is true. I this play the true. best defense ever. We score every time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, whenever I get stuck back there, I tell this to Delaney all the time. Like, I don't know where to stand or like what to do with my hands. I don't know if like to have them up, like I'm about to catch a basketball, or like to have them down to pass a ball. I, and like I'm sitting there as like thinking about it, like as they're swinging, and I'm like, oh god, where? And then like the shots down. Like, huh? Should probably just like just go get the ball. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, I'm better than that. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I think for me, um, something that's helped me is is the breathing and staying um, like that. staying calm in that moment or taking a breath. Yeah. you know, because you get so worked up. And I watch film on me, and I still am, am jumpy at times. You know, and yeah. when I used to play defense indoor, I'd always do a pre hop. You know, and watching the international league in the tour. There's a variation of, of a pre-hop, um, a, a re-defense or a lateral hop, or whether it's a shuffle yeah. and then a, a, re- a misdirection, you know? So there's different tactics, um, but I feel when I catch myself, a little anxiety, a little anxious, taking that breath before yeah. the swing, slowing things down, and then sitting in there, and like when things are awry, like if you're just calm and balanced, you, you're you surprised how much more balls yeah. you can touch. I like that a lot. Who, uh, so I think what, Taylor does a little pre-hop? Yeah. April, April, sometimes. Okay. I think all the time. Wait, have you like settled into one thing that you like, or is it do? You, is it kind of feel where you're like, okay, now I'm feeling the pre hop, now I'm feeling the shuffle, now I'm just gonna like hang out and like. Yeah, I think I think it depends on who I'm playing. Okay. Um, because I know you know some defenders, if we're serving a team and they have a smaller guy and they're gonna shoot a lot, I tend to maybe read more. You yeah. know, and sit in a more neutral position, waiting for more shots. Um, or if there's a banger out there, you know, maybe maybe sit somewhere. They don't see me, and then and then side hop into that angle. Be like, oh, there's an angle, and then really, no, there's not an angle there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think when the hitters are hitting more, I tend to pre-hop a bit. Okay. You know, just to get in there and get get ready. Yeah. Um, whether that's the most effective way or not, that's right. to be it's determined. That's my way. Yeah, it's my way, and every once in a while Figure it works. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's feel, and like I said, I think after watching and studying uh, a lot of the international players and seeing what they're doing, it's a lot of movement right now. It's yeah. a lot of movement at the highest level. And I'm not saying that translates into AVP and every other every yeah. other venue and, and level of competition, um, but at the highest level, guys are ripping balls um, more. Yeah, I think you know, and so they're they're taking that step early to get into a different spot and get set because if you just sit there and you're in the wrong spot, then they're just gonna tear you up. Right. So, is there a guy you like watching film on, like when anybody else? Because I think from watching, I watch like a ton of. YouTube and everything. I sure. think that you play a lot like uh, Clemens Vickler. Clemens Vickler. Uh, and you're built the same, too. Yes, you have that yes. kind of like wiry, tall frame, he and you guys is, just rip. He's a guy that I like to watch, yeah. without a doubt, especially this last year, his rise and his success. Yeah, they were awesome. They were so fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, I love I love watching him play. Um, I like watching Sorum Christian, Christian play. Yeah. I just think, like, in my mind, it's like baseline the best you yep. know like this is this is what it should look like yeah. you know at the highest level but Wickler is so dynamic and some of the things I've noticed lately on his swinging is hey he, he step closes so well and he contacts so high yeah. and at times I catch myself you know a lot of angle a lot of angles some cutback whereas I've seen him go and approach contact almost behind his head and hit deep yeah. middle you know, but purposely not keeping it here, but waiting and keeping it here and yeah. then finding that deep middle because blockers are diving this mm. way, blockers are diving this way. That's something I'm trying to work on more is like if you can hit middle high like he does, like and it lands in the court, like you're gonna score a ton of points. Yeah. You're gonna score a ton of points. 
But yeah, I really do enjoy watching yeah. him especially play. Especially like that deep middle, especially like going against goons like Stoyanovsky, mm-hmm. huge. Like that's like the only available thing. Sometimes, <laughs> like you, sometimes. When you try to hit those sharp angles, like you get really low, oh, and like man. when you have a monster like Stoyanovsky, you're just like, oh, thank you. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's hard to block balls, and if you hit them high and hard off some hands, like they're not going to always go in the court, you know. Yeah. And you're going to find <laughs> some success, I think. You yeah. Know? You're going to find a ton of success. And that's what Brian Cook did to me about 42 times. <laughs> He hits it high. He hits he hits it hard, yeah. without a doubt. It's absurd. He came up to me after we played, and he was like, "That's the first twos match I've played because he plays a lot of like those 16th Street like drinking force tournaments yes. um, in Hermosa." And he's like, "That's the first twos match I've played since Chicago of 2017." He said the same thing to me after. <laughs> I was like what? I know. I know. No big deal. Just I go know. out there and just win. It's like how do you like transset when you haven't done that in two years? No problem. It's in his blood. <laughs> It helps that he had Rosie. Yeah, yeah. and also for. Rosie having Rosie helps and Rosie setting him. Yeah, it's just nuggets. Like, Damn, like another here. You're like another six, gosh, six, 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 seven blocker. That <laughs> <laughs> twist it, Brian. Twist it in there, yeah. bastard. Um, is there a, is there like an element of defense that was either particularly easy or challenging? for you to pick up or both like I don't know if maybe digging hard drivens came a little bit easier because you had so much experience with it yeah um, no I, I agree with that I think digging hard drivens is more comfortable for me because indoor for 10 plus years like it's one speed yeah it's 100% every single swing and so you're like ready for the hard driven stuff I think uh, the hardest part for me was getting over the mindset of it's okay to leave that shot or, hey, you're not going to touch that shot, and it's okay. Yeah. Because I think early on for me, I'd get so caught up staying more neutral, middle of the court, in hopes of putting myself in position to get every shot. Right. And then I wouldn't get any shots. Yeah. And that's, that's <laughs> yeah. the, you don't want to do that. So I think I've gotten better at, hey, like I'm just going to give up that cut. You know, I'm, I'm going to hedge that cut and just be like, okay, I'm going to leave that. If he hits one of those, you know, one of every four, okay, good, good yeah. shot for him. That's Congrats. okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him that shot. Um, so I think that's been the hardest challenge for me switching to defense is it's the mindset of, hey, it's okay to not touch every ball. To get everything. You don't need to get every ball. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I can go run and try to touch that ball, but it's okay. I'm not going to get it because I'm going to get these two. If he shoots, if he cuts it here, or if he swings angle, I'm going to get those yeah. for sure. You know, so that's that. That's that chess game. I think we were talking about for yeah. sure early on and um and then yeah i think high lines i think i was good at i think cut shots and creating angles to pick up cut shots was hard for me early okay i caught myself doing this roundabout yeah. way to get the cut you know in hopes of getting it low on my platform and really cut off that angle stop that time it takes for you to get that ball and if you have to get it here you have to dig it here whatever it is yeah. that's okay you just you cutting that off right so i think that those two things like i said Learn adjusting to giving up a shot, trusting that it's okay, and then the cut shot I think was the hardest the hardest part for me. Yeah, definitely. Is there? Did you have like anyone coaching? I know you did a little bit of stuff with USA. Yeah, I didn't know if you know you were like picking Rich Lamborn's brain or like in practices. You're like Taylor, like I'm gonna use your ten words of the day. You're telling me about how to play defense or no? I said I was fortunate enough to spend like five months with the girls and the guys with Tyler Hildebrand and Rich. Um, and Patty, Patty Dodd, who were running our practices twice a week. I would practice with the guys and the girls, do drills, and if someone was injured, I'd get to play, whether it was with April or with uh, Emily Day, you know, if Betsy was out, or yeah. with Theo, if Reed, with Reed, you know, whoever was out, or Casey, um, I would be able to hop into practice. So having Rich there, having Tyler just in my ear constantly, you know, he'd be like, all right, walk with me. You know, yep. we'd walk around, like, if we got done doing drills, like, all right, let's, let's walk. What do you see? What do you see? And I'm like, I got to see this. I'm like, what do you see? He's like, I see everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, that doesn't help me, Ty. Yeah. That doesn't help me. Thanks, Coach. Um, but I think, for me, that was the huge uh, learning curve, kind of, um, what's the word? Um, like, internship. Pretty okay. much for five months, like, I like that. accelerated internship yeah. that I got to do and take part of, and just listening uh, to the coaches, coach, and the, and the tactics that they're working on. Because for me, 
play volleyball the whole life, but still for the deeper understanding of beach volleyball and the strategy is still foreign to me. Yeah. Um, and so hearing the strategy and hearing the conversation, the normal daily conversation of what's important, what it should look like, the footwork and stuff like that helped me tremendously. And yeah, yeah picking Rich Lamborn's ear uh, mind all the time, picking Ty's mind, yeah. asking Stafford questions, asking mm-hmm. Billy questions, um, you know, about blocking or defense or whatever yeah. it was, you know, and just hearing the questions that they had back. And, and Reed was always, Reed was also really awesome. I love hearing Reed talk yeah. and what he's got to say. And anytime I spoke with Reed, I got tidbits, uh, nuggets of information. Yeah. You know, the other day he was talking about some serving stuff and it was something I had never done in my whole life. And I'm like, man, I'm 30 yeah. years old. Yeah. I am getting a piece of knowledge that I have not used in my whole life. Yeah. And the awesome thing about talking to like Reed is that like, he's not only going to give you information, but he'll give you like the numbers to back it up. He'll be like, I stand here because 67% of the time I will touch a ball in this spot, but yeah. 40% of the time I'll touch it over here. And like, he, he has like all the data and everything. He's like super logical, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is different. Like when he talked to, like, when I talked to try about blocking, he's just like, you just feel it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to feel. Like, my hands are going here. He's just like, nah. Just he's like talking about like it's surfing. You just gotta like feel the wave. You just gotta feel it. <laughs> like, uh, must be uh, nice. Try. Must be nice. I don't have the baby court feel that he does. So it's it's nice talking to guy. And Stafford too is like really logical about like, well, I put my hands here for that. And yes, yes. It's, it's awesome resource. That's what I love about the beach community in general because like everybody is willing to help everybody, especially like kind of the younger guys who are like coming up. He's like Stafford will always like shoot me texts like about like when we're on Norsecas and stuff and be like, dude, like good luck and all yes, this. And like yes. Rosie came up to me after a match in Hawaii and was like giving me advice. He's like, you should have served me earlier because like Brian's ridiculous. <laughs> and yes. it's I love having the resources. Yeah, like that. I think we're fortunate to, like I said, the guys we play against and compete against are also people we enjoy spending time with yeah. and are there to help grow the game and grow the sport and are okay with sharing knowledge uh, with you because it's out there, it's available, but you know, they know it's putting into a good place. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think challenging and then the, the devil's advocate point of that is when we're doing these USA trainings with the top teams, like I said, it was the, all the Olympic qualification teams for the yeah. men and women and I know some of the teams and players didn't always love competing every single day against these teams. The teams you have to beat. Teams <laughs> you have to beat. And granted, the hard part is, okay, we're USA as a whole, we're USA as a team, but yet again... We are going to take a quick second to pause for a commercial break from our sponsors who keep the show moving forward as always, as do you, the listeners. You guys are by far the most important part of this show I uh, just wanted to give a huge thank you to everyone who always says hi at the beach and says thanks for the show, thanks for all the information for putting it out. And honestly, it, I almost feel bad taking gratitude and thanks because it's just a blast. It's an absolute blast for me and try to just talk volley, and it's an absolute blast to know that you guys are listening. So a huge thank you to you guys, the listeners. You are the reason that we do the show in the first place and the reason that it keeps going on. Uh, another big reason is the fact that you are still supporting our sponsors, um, one of our favorites, obviously. The ball maker of them all, Wilson Volleyball. The AVP plays with it. The CBVA plays with it. The college girls play with it. Everyone plays with Wilson Volleyball, except for the FIVB, who uses them in Costa. But we're not going to worry about that for now, because for now, it's the end of AVP season, which means that your balls are probably a little bit beat up and that you probably need some replacements. So order some at wilsonvolleyball.com and use our discount code Wilson Sand for 20% off. All right, that'll get you a bunch of new volleyballs that you'll need heading into the offseason at the end of season here uh, as it winds down. Our next sponsor, now all the Beats players listen to this, you need, you need something to do with all your prize money. Might as well go over to Pacific Coast Wealth Management, hit up our guys over there. They can help you out with a retirement portfolio. They can put your money in all the right spots. They're great guys. They know beach volleyball. They're the ones who help put on the Laguna Beach Open. So hit up our guys at Pacific Coast Wealth Management and talk to them about your finances today. And last but certainly not least of our sponsors, we have Firefly Recovery. And God bless those guys at Firefly because they are the only reason that my knees are still intact at this point in the season. Travel, you can. It, it isn't just a, a pain to travel anymore. You can actually recover while you travel. You can just strap them on your knees, and it moves the blood flow around. So you, when you step off the plane, you're not all stiff, and you don't need a full day or two to get ready to play. You are just ready to rock and roll as soon as you step off the plane. If you are an office worker, you can slap those things on while you're in the office, and then it'll go. I've gotten a lot of messages about Firefly and how great they are, so give them a try today at Firefly Recovery. 
And now back to the show. Throughout this year, I have to compete against that person. And yeah. so the more reps I play against this person, the more reps they see me struggle with or have success with, the greater their knowledge of my game becomes. Or yeah. maybe it's someone who's had years of experience, say April, who's got the bigger tool belt than some of these younger girls, mm -hmm. maybe Sarah Sponsel. And so, you know, she's got all these tips and tricks that she has and doesn't maybe want to give away all of her secrets. Right. So the less reps she plays against those girls, the better off she is, you yeah. know, because I have to go to the Olympics, you know, and yeah. I, I'm, I'm the one who needs to make it to the Olympics yeah. and we have to compete against each other. And so I think that was a hard part uh, for some, for some people yeah. uh, in that program. And I think when Reed came in, he had a different mindset because he had team mindset, yeah. team growth. You know, USA uh, for Olymp four different Olympics. Yeah. You know, throughout the year, team team mindset. And so he was always like, "How can we help each other be the best we can be?" And he's like, right. "If I can't go to Olympics, I want our next best team to be so good that they they, they take our spot because they're so dang good, yeah. and they get a medal in the Olympics." Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that is hard to grasp for some of the top yeah. teams. That's what when we had Reed on the podcast, he was talking about that. He was like, "Yeah, when I first like started going out there, yes, I was like, well, how yes. can we kind of like grow as a team?'" And he's like, "Still like." super frustrated by it because it's so foreign to him having played four quads indoor where you're like it is a team thing but even he was just like yeah once I started touring like I got it like I understood that like you just can't yeah, you can't help each other all that much. No. He's like, no. yeah, you're you, trying to take that guy's spot. <laughs> you go fly to Poland, and you play one country quota match against, <laughs> against your buddy, and then, yeah. you, and then you go home if you lose. It's like, damn it's it, like, why did I tell him that? Yeah, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I think that's the fine line. Um, but again, I think I love. I think it's the balance, and I love Reed's mindset, and is like, hey, USA as a whole needs to be great. Yeah. So whatever that takes, and however much I can help that, if it doesn't actually like put me in that Olympic position, I still want USA to be the best. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's a super cool mindset. To have. It's a great mindset. Yeah. It's a great mindset to have. And when like when you started playing defense and like you're working with the USA program but even you mentioned that like you can't just be like hey I'm a defender now top tier blockers come get me but like you did get a really good blocker in Duncan I did how did that partnership come about for him because he, he wasn't living in California at the time yes and yes I don't recall you guys playing against each other really no so like, how did you never how did that come about we never did and the funny thing is Duncan and I went to the same school Long Beach State but we didn't overlap at all yeah so I, I've played alumni matches with Duncan you know and I've always known who Duncan was but when I was looking for a partner this half season, when I split with Miles, I was like, all right, we both need blockers, and we should go find a blocker. I was thinking about who was around, you know, in California, who I could play with, and Duncan didn't even cross my mind because I just assumed, A, he was either, like, in Utah, you know, living and maybe playing a few tournaments because he only did a couple the previous year. He didn't yeah. do all of them, and so it wasn't even a, a mind, um, an idea, a thought in my mind until one of my buddies was talking to a friend in Hermosa at the bar, and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm looking for a partner, you know, Kyle trying to find a partner, and then the guy he was talking to was like, I'm trying to find a partner for Duncan, you know? And he was like, <laughs> what, let's go. And then my buddy texts me and me, he's like, you need to call Duncan right now. Yeah. He's like, I'm like, okay, cool, cool, I'll give Duncan a call, and then, I didn't know he was moving back, and that was the thing. So he's moving back to California, and yeah. I was like, hey, let's let's go out and hit some practices. Let's try it out. And like, it was nice because Duncan's a big physical guy. Yeah. 6'7", he sides out better than most people, yeah. without a doubt. Um, and so it was nice to have that. All, that's what I wanted. I wanted someone who was big, would be up the net, who can put up a huge block mm -hmm. and help my learning curve, you know, for sure. And Duncan had points, and he had years of experience. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Long Beach State culture mindset. We spoke very similar languages, you know, and so I think that helps smooth out the transition um, for us to, to compete with each other. Yeah. So I was very fortunate. And was there? So when did Duncan actually move to California? Because I know, like, I played against you in a couple AVP next in the beginning of the year, right? But I didn't know like when he was actually here and you could like <coughs> play consistently. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't right away because he was in the middle of moving back and forth because he was looking to buy an apartment in okay. Culver City because he got a job in Culver City and he still had his place in Utah and so he was kind of back and forth a little bit. Same mm -hmm. with his wife, and so it took a minute for him to settle down. Um, in California, and like I said, it was before AVP season started because I'd done a couple AVP qualifiers or um, AVP next with some different partners. I played with Brandon Clemens, and um, yeah, and so it wasn't right away that he was here. And then, then we, then when he got here, we did a couple AVP next just to get some touches. Yeah. He did well, and it was like, all right, let's let's do this. And in my in my mind, like when I got to play with him, I was like, hey, like let's. I want to commit couple tournaments at least right. if, if not the whole season like yeah. I'm I know your level and I'm great with that like let's try to just 
grind this year out together yeah. and see where it goes. You know, I hate to just sign up for a tournament with a guy and be like, oh, you know, we didn't have the best finish. Next. Yeah, you know? let's move on. Let's move on. I just think that's, uh, that's not healthy, nor is that going to f- continue to help you find success. Right. Um, so I knew I wanted to stick with him. You know, whether we did great or we did poorly, I felt together at some point we would, we would do really well. Yeah. So Did you feel pressure coming in as, like, a defender playing with, like, a guy? Like, I mean, he got picked up by Hayden in Chicago the last tournament of 2018. Were you like, shoot, well, if I, like, screw up in Huntington, like, he might just, like, drop me? <laughs> um, a little bit. Yeah, there was a little bit of pressure. I think uh, it was a combination of, yeah, this guy, you know, had some good partners last year and had done pretty well. I said he'd pick up by Johnny Hayden. Like, yeah. okay, that's pretty good. And then for me also as a first-year defender, I was like, all right, like I need to you know go out there and compete and perform at a pretty high level to even want this guy to even consider playing with me. Yeah. Like why would why would this guy just grab me as this first year defender, right. you know? So there was definitely a little bit of that, but um, I think I had a good grasp on the volleyball game um, as a whole. So I think all my skill wise uh, kind of helped smooth out any deficiencies with the defensive strategy to begin with yeah you know I think just being able I've touched the ball for so long that passing setting and hitting comes pretty smoothly for me Uh, now it was just fine-tuning the mechanics and the strategy behind it yeah yeah how much do you think uh hinged on making that first main draw in Huntington because you came out of the qualifier and you made it like gnarly match with Hagen and it's weird like you see like in retrospect I feel like a lot changed from that tournament because you look at like Hagen then after that like didn't make a main draw and like had like a pretty tough year after having like what I thought was a great year for his like sort of rookie season and then you and Duncan turn on you make that one then you're automatic into Austin Uh, I stole you away from New York we go get a second in La Paz but I feel like um Maybe I'd be making like too much of it, but like I feel like a lot hinged on like you guys win. It was like sixteen fourteen. It was third 16, set. It was, we made like the gnarliest play to win it. That was a crazy rundown off of Duncan's dome yeah. that I somehow <laughs> touched, and Steve or Hagen I think bumps that overpass, and we got the point. And like yeah. one or two points there, like you said, could have changed the trajectory of the whole season yeah. for Duncan and I. He could have been like, oh my gosh, like I've qualified all the time, and this is our first one. We didn't even get in. Like yeah. I, I don't think I'm gonna play with you. And yes, like you said that totally could have changed the whole season. And I think that started us out on a really good note, you know, qualifying, which which was great, getting into Huntington and then being auto. It was my first automatically in in Austin and in a 12. In a small draw. In a small draw. Yeah. Like, in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, like, that was what I've been dreaming for for the last two years. Yeah. It was, like, being an automatic in player like that, even though it was such a little victory, like, huge for me. Huge yeah. for me. And I think also for Duncan, I think it was really nice for that as well. And I think totally I agree with that. Huntington could have changed our, our trajectory, our course, completely two different directions. And I think um, I think we had played a lot of local tournaments before that, I think which helped us get ready for Huntington. Yeah. You know, and so I think that put us in a good state uh, good state of mind going into that tournament, confident I suppose, mm-hmm. and getting the reps that we needed. But definitely, you know, if we don't qualify Huntington, you know, we're not in Austin automatically. Who knows if we make it through the Austin qualifier, which it was tough yeah. as well. And you were out there trying to qualify no, Austin. It was a tough one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was huge for us. And I, and I forget I forget that, actually, that how, <laughs> how important that was. Yeah. Without a doubt, because who, who knows? Who knows what this end of the season would have looked yeah. like. And then you went out. You won your first main draw match. And then what I think even bigger than winning that first main draw match, which I think was against, what, Rafi and Topple? That's right. And <laughs> Sorry, I have BVB. Just unbelievable. Like, it puts itself in there. And yep. then you took Jake and Tay to three. Yes. And nearly took them down in two. Yeah. From what I remember, like 22-20. Yes. And uh, it's like, how big is it just to even push a top team like that to three in your first tournament, major tournament as a defender, being like, yeah, like, I can compete with, like, literally the best in the world. Like, they just took fourth at the World Tour Finals. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, um, that, I just got the goosebumps thinking about that match <laughs> because we played really good volleyball that match. And I knew it was a different feeling going into that match than I had had going into matches against top teams the previous years. Whether that was five months training with those guys and seeing those guys play gave me a little bit of confidence. Like, mm-hmm. okay, like, I've beat these guys in drills before with USA. Like, I know these guys. Like, this is just another match, yeah. you know? And I think that just came with experience and that helped me tremendously. But yeah, I think that match, even though we lost, we almost beat them in two and we played really well. And yeah. I was like, okay, there's no more restrictions on our ceiling in yeah. my mind. When I was a blocker, 
had a bit of a ceiling or limits, I suppose, due to my height and physical ability. Mm-hmm. But being a defender and playing with a six-seven Duncan, um, there was no there was no ceiling, there was no limits. It was just either you're good enough or you're not. Right. You know, because of our physical ability, we could compete against the best, and that match definitely proved it. And we know, I know, we made them work for it. Yeah. Without a doubt, we made them work for it because we almost won in two, which was yeah. crazy. <laughs> it would have been awesome. Which is crazy. It would have been awesome. Um, but yes, that gave me so much confidence that match going into the rest of the season like all right like i can dig jake and taylor like i can play defense against these guys we can beat we can beat anyone Mm -hmm. yeah that match that match was huge for a match that we lost that was maybe one of the more important matches we've had all yeah because i feel like when you get a match like that it um it like humanizes them Mm -hmm. because like Mm -hmm. you know before you know i think the first time i'd ever played jake uh in a real match was when we played him in the norseka and like we came out and the, like we like walked over him in the first set. It was awesome. I was yeah. like, holy cow! Like, this guy's been to a couple Olympics. Yes. Like one of the yes. best players of all time. Uh-huh. And like we just smacked him in the first set. It yes. like makes it, you like it breaks down the wall of like these guys like aren't volleyball gods. They're just like they're just guys they're that just we can guys. beat. Yes. And yes. I feel like that changes. Like once you get that mental click, it changes everything. Yes, that I, I agree a hundred percent. That yeah. that mental that barrier or whatever you want to call that. Um, was there for me the first two years against some of the top teams, you know, I was just like, okay, these guys are another level than us, you know, and then when we got to that match, it was the first time going into a match that I was like, all right, it's just Jake and Tay, yeah. you know, like, I know these guys, yeah. and it's totally fine, and that just put my confidence to another level, mm-hmm. you know, without a doubt, without a doubt. Is there, a, is there, like, a particular moment or tournament or memory from the season that you're kind of, like, like, clinging on to as, like, a highlight or anything like a big learning moment hmm that's a good question big learning moment from this season let's think i don't know if there were like any kind of epiphanies because like i mean i think for me one of the bigger ones was when we we took jake and tay to three in that Norseka, because like, and before that, like we beat Mike Bogue and Matt Motter, who had just made main draw, and we won like twenty one ten and thirteen, yes. and then yes. we took Jake and Tate to three, and I was like, we could, we could take like a fifth, and it like wouldn't really like we're capable of that, right? For right. sure, yeah, that was a big moment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if I have an exact moment yeah. of uh, of clarity, I suppose, for a tournament. I'm trying to think of when we had these matches. I mean. La Paz actually really helped me mentally. La Paz was fun. La Paz was very fun, and um, I knew, like I said, we got that second, and I knew we could compete against the best. Um, and then going into the rest of the season as a defender, it just gave me more confidence. Like, mm-hmm. all right, like I can side out at the highest level, um, and I'm going to touch some balls on defense, and that's that's all you need to do really yeah. is like turn a couple points. And if you can be consistent siding out, um, and then touch a couple of defensive balls, turn a couple of those, and you're going to be really good. Yeah. You're going to be really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know specifically a moment. Maybe it was that Taylor and Jake match in Huntington, yeah. you know, and then because it was so early, I think I forgot about it, to be honest. But <laughs> thinking about it now, um, I think that set a tone of not a standard for me, but um, a no, no handicap anymore for the mm-hmm. rest of the season you know no limitation no ceiling like I was saying before like there's no excuse you either go on the court and you play and compete and if you get beat you get beat there's no like ah oh, well he's bigger and stronger than me you know there's there's none of that there was none of that because I had that feeling every once in a while when we played I remember me and Miles played against Theo and John on center court in Hermosa and like damn they wiped us up yeah they wiped us up without <laughs> a doubt you know and I was like oh my gosh like Theo's just all over me and like housing me left and right um, and I felt like I was at a disadvantage. I felt like I was—I never felt that you, this at the uh, never felt that at any point this year. Yeah, being at a disadvantage before stepping on the court, mm-hmm. and I think that is what was awesome about this season. Yeah. was okay. I'm a defender, and I'm going to go out there, and I can compete and dig the best. Yeah, no problem. I think it's one of the funnest parts for me. It's like watch like I don't want to call it like our generation, but like kind of our crew that's sort of like we started out at sort of the same level. Yes, kind of climbing up into the main draw and then it's fun to like I'm like always rooting for like our crew of like practice guys and like our Huntington and CDM crew yes it's fun to see because then like you know we had good finishes in tournaments but we're also I think even more important is like we're getting into practice groups with the Staffords and Billies and like last year you know Mayors and like Jake and Tay it's just fun to see that like hey we're all there we're all there (laughs) yeah and, and agreed agreed like uh, the practice level and the players that I'm getting more reps with now has changed over the last two, three years, yeah. you know, and just 
when you play more and people get to see you more, you, their respect for you increases and their more willingness to be like, hey, like, want to come practice, yeah. you know? And, and then you just slowly get better. And it's just putting the work, I think, for both of us, you yeah. know? And like I said, I love seeing the guys that we have, our CDM crew, and those guys making it in. And, um, you know, we're all grinding in the same. And like I said, we're, we're on the border, you know, of like I said, I was in a couple autos this year. You yeah. got a couple autos this yeah. year as well, which is like so awesome. Love those Thursdays where love I'm just like, that. oh, let's <laughs> qualify down the road. I'm trying to watch some of my friends play the qualifier here. <laughs> I, could I don't have to do that. And that's great. And that's great. And like, maybe that was like huge epiphany. It was like auto, auto and awesome. Like, holy smokes. Like it's we're different. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm yeah. doing what I want to do. And like, these are the, these are the rewards. These are the little goals on that path, on that journey. Um, and we're getting them. Yeah. It was really funny to see, um, like, so Delaney and Katie were automatically into most of the tournaments this year. And then for Hawaii, they were back in the qualifier. And, and Katie was like, yeah, I, like, kind of missed the rush. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't miss no, anything no. about it. You can have that rush, Katie. <laughs> yeah. Like, the stress and the rush that comes with the qualifiers, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. When you go out there knowing that if you lose one match, you're done. And that happened to me twice this year. Yeah, me twice. First match, lost. And that's like... First match in... Oh, yeah, I guess Hermosa. the only two that you did, which Hermosa, like, was a sneak... Like, I feel like no one knew, like, how bad of a draw that was. To yeah. Because, like, Shane's really good. Mm-hmm. And thank God, what's that kid? Will? Will, Rot- Will Rotman. Rotman. Yes, that's Who's, like, the big dog in Santa Barbara. Yep. Um, no like, idea who he was. No one knows who he is, and he's out there just, like, bouncing balls. <laughs> Hitting some balls over Bombing Duncan, serves, and I was yeah. like, who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this guy? But, yeah, like I said, we... <clears throat> Two early exits for us in those qualifiers this year, and um, that's that's just the sport, you know. Yeah. And it, it's stressful, it's tough. And if you don't go out and give everything you got and compete at the highest level, then someone's going to go out there and, and take it from you. Yeah. And we had that happen. We had that happen twice. Yeah. So um, no, you can keep the qualifiers. Like <laughs> get me out, get me out of those things. Get me out of those things. <laughs> yeah. The feeling of qualifying is like un- unlike anything. Yeah. Without it's a unmatched. doubt, so you you know that feeling, and it is such a prideful exuberance like oh you know you gave it everything and you grind it all day you know you're exhausted yeah but you get that hotel and you get mm-hmm. to wake up and play more volleyball yeah Woo, that's and a good double a limb yeah which is fantastic yes. you know like single <laughs> limb like no one wants that like, yeah get that out of here it's so hard yeah it's so hard and with the off season coming up what does your what do your off seasons look like I feel like I haven't figured it out yet what to do, and like this is partially why like I'm extending the season because I'm like I don't I don't think I'm done competing yet. So yes, yes. Like you said, I'm doing the one star in uh, Tel Aviv, and then popping over to uh, Doha mm-hmm. for two one stars, and then after that, like I'll probably be done for a little Shut bit. But I, I'm always curious what other people yes, do in the off yes. season. I think um, that's been a learning curve for me as well as we continue to go through these. This is my third season doing AVP and um, every season I've learned a little bit more and got a little bit more experience. And I know early on when I first was playing with Miles, I think uh, I was late, you know, I was 30, I was 28 when I first started doing AVPs and I, in my mind I was late. You know, we had some of these kids out here, 22, 20, just graduating college and like going right into AVP, making main draws. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm almost 30 and I'm like, I'm like behind, you know? And so, and me and Miles had done, you know, well, we qualified for half the tournaments we played in. And so when we got done with that season, I remember we took like a week or two off and I was like, all right, time to go. I'm ready to go again. You know, (laughs) I was hungry. There was fire. And, and at the time it was like, great, this is the right thing to do. Um, but I remember going into that season when season was coming around, I was like, whoa, like I'm a little burnt already, already, already yeah. going into that season. I was a little bit like, oh God, it's been really long and we're yeah. just starting season. And it, not that I was physically stressed or in pain. It was, it was the mental, it was the mental part for me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's part of the learning curve, I think, is knowing that, hey, like, your mind and your your muscle memory, your your mind needs a little bit of that rest, yeah. I think, just so it can reset. And so last season, I definitely took, like, two months off of volleyball. And, yeah, sure, I went out and played every once in a while, but it wasn't anything serious or um, super competitive. And I think that helped me big time yeah. because I didn't get as burned out. And I know going into this off season, I, I love volleyball and I can play six days a week. I will be doing that for the rest of my life <laughs> until, yeah. I, you know, until I can. And that's okay. I love it. Um, but I know I need to force myself to take some time off yeah. for my success as a player in the season. 
Um, for me to see the most success and to stay mentally strong and focused throughout the season as long as it is and the tournaments are going to be growing for me in my mind every single year as I continue to do more FIBBs, more Norsecas, more AVPs. Yeah. Um, I want to have success in there and I know if I don't give my mind a break for however long you know I'm trying to figure out, figure out what the what the optimal time is I yeah. suppose or the optimal regimen or routine for doing that then I'm not going to have success right. um, so I think that's for me is forcing myself to shut it down to flip yeah. the switch turn it off for a little bit and, and know that it's okay and that there's plenty of time mm-hmm. to get practice and reps before the season starts um, so yeah I think for me this off season coming up after this tournament I'm going to fly back to Florida and see my family I haven't been home all year um, so I'm really excited to just spend some quality time with the family yeah. and shut it down and like I said I, I'm going to try and take maybe two months to nice. really just relax it's awesome you know I'm excited for that and yeah. then when I come back to volleyball I'm going to be super hungry mm-hmm. and there'll be plenty of months in time to, before season starts yeah that's the the Tim Baumgren theory he's just like everybody else gets like burned out he's like I'm never burned out because I don't play for seven months <laughs> I get back to it it's like all I want to do is play yes, volley yes I mean what about you what's your off season what did it look like last year for you and what is it going to change this year for you last year I went super heavy in the weight room which helped a ton because mm-hmm. then I didn't hurt like last year by the end of the year like I would like walking upstairs I'd be like okay oh god here we go and like my knees would be like furious sure, every step sure, and so yeah. like it, that like sucked because like when I hurt that bad I didn't want to practice because it will it like it took like an hour to like for things to stop hurting and then afterwards I get super sore and like my knees and joints and everything was like broken so I'll probably do a lot more I think I'll probably do three months of no jump practices. I'm not going to like get away from volleyball. That sounds fun. So <laughs> I'll just do like November, December, and January. I probably just won't jump and do like just passing, setting, and then like hitting little sunset shots with Katie and Delaney, mm-hmm. which has like been our thing, which has been great. Yes, yes. And then I'll, I'll start lifting a lot yeah. and getting strong again. Yeah. No, I like that. How much does it help having April? Uh, living with her and you're like, hey, what are you doing the off season? <laughs> what are no, we doing? It's, she's, she's a great, uh, awesome, unbelievable resource to have because like I was talking about, like these three years I've, I've learned a little bit about the off season. She's been doing it for 20 years. So yeah. she has it dialed in. <laughs> she's got the bank. She's right got it freaking <laughs> dialed in up here of what it takes, yeah. what she needs to do for her. And everyone's different, of course. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, whether I'm asking her questions about volleyball or just observing her daily routine, you know, I'm learning. I'm yeah. Learning. Okay, this is she's going to do this. She's you know she did a ton of hot yoga before Hawaii to kind of get ready for that heat. And I was like, good idea. That's so smart, April. Like <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to definitely do that. Yeah. Um, but no, I know April's huge on lifting. She thinks it's so important, and, and I couldn't agree more. And she thinks like more girls need to get in the weight room yeah. to get that power because I think April is a powerful player on the sand. Yeah. Like one of the most powerful players, and I think it's due to her her regimen and her lifting routine, you know? And like my, I've been fortunate enough to be in the USA weight room this year and my lifts have turned into two hour lifts and I love it. And yeah. it's a 40 minute warm up, and then I lift for like an hour and 30, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And I'm the strongest I've ever been. I'm in the best shape I've been in my life. And I think it's definitely due to that. Um, but yeah, April, April's got a wealth of knowledge, you yeah. know, just experience and these things that we learn every single season, just a little bit. She's been learning a little bit for 20 seasons you yeah. know, or whatever it is. And so her, her, her Bible full of information <laughs> is yeah. lengthy and depth and full of depth. Yeah. Um, and so anytime I can draw from that or pick her brain because I talk volleyball all night, you know, mm-hmm. she had to shut me off <laughs> at times. We're like, okay, we need a break. You know, That's why get... I like you. <laughs> just nerd out all I'm day. Super nerd. Super nerd. Love volleyball. Like, I'll, I'll go watch all my friends. I get out of the qualifier. I'll go yeah. watch volleyball all the rest of the tournament because I yeah. love it, you know. But yeah, April, it's nice to have that resource. Yeah. And she's willing to share it maybe because I don't have to compete against her maybe mm-hmm. also, you know, but also whenever I can go to her practices, if, Hey, do we need to block her today? Can you come out? And like, yes, yes. Sign me up. Sure. Can come watch you play and listen to Jen Kessie, give you knowledge and, and Maurice or whoever else they're working with. Like, it's great. Like Fiapo, yeah. when they come to train with them, like, Speak to me, Fiamma. Yeah, like, teach, drink this teach me. I'm a sponge. I'm a sponge. What was that? What did you say again? Okay, yeah, great. I want that. You know, like that's awesome. Sign me up for that. Yeah, because like not everyone uh, is fortunate enough to be friends or live with April or right. like be opportunities to get to go to practices like that. So, taking advantage of that for sure. Yeah. 
What's, uh, I don't want to hold us too much longer because we do have this tropical island to explore, Ooh. getting some mopeds today yes, and uh, doing some exploration. Um, but what's like the future goals look like for you? I mean, obviously we're out here doing Norsecas, so I'd assume that some international stuff is probably uh, in the thoughts coming up. But like, have you thought about what next year, what you want that to look like or where you're headed? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's continuing to do more international events get more points, get my feet wet in some more of these stops and compete against some of these other top teams. Um, and then in AVP, you know, be consistently top 10, you know, make a couple, make a Sunday maybe, get a, get a top five finish would mm-hmm. be awesome. Um, but yeah, consistently top 10. Um, and then just my de- growth as a defender and just getting more confident and knowing and learning, you know, continuing to accelerate my learning curve and this offseason is going to be a lot of film I, I think for me because more so than when I was blocking the first two years I don't think I watched enough film yeah and I think watching film is huge yeah I think it's huge I think it's awesome to see visualize and see what these players are doing what you're mm-hmm. doing um, and to continue to add on to that and grow so yeah more national events maybe some two stars maybe sneak into a three star who knows yeah because I continuing to get these points um, and I, I hope that the number of tournaments I play grows every season, I think, is a good way um, to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Uh, well, I'll ask you the last question. We ask all of our guests, and then we'll get our mopeds or go out to practice, whatever we want to do here. Um, if you had to give one piece of advice to an up-and-coming beach volleyball player, what would that piece of advice be? One piece of advice. My piece of advice would be to, before every practice, ask yourself, what are you working on today? Um, because I think it's easy to fall into, okay, we're going to go out there and practice, yeah. and we're going to go play. And then when you get done, you're like, okay, like I think I did this well, I think I did this well, but like, what, what was your focus before mm-hmm. that practice started? And did you, did you move the needle 1% that day um, in, that, in that area that you're yeah. working on? So I think practicing is awesome, and getting reps is awesome, but purposeful, mindful reps and purposeful practice is even deeper yeah and you get a deeper um learning and and rep system when you're doing that so ask yourself every day before you go on the sale like what's what's my goal today yeah i love it yeah and have you like ever found yourself because i do that a lot but then in midway through practice i'll be like shoot like i'm sucking at this i need to change my focus to this so, <laughs> all right, my focus is on passing then on the rare day that my passing's on i'll be like damn it like my blocking has been shit yes <laughs> yes yes um, yeah, I think I think it's accepting that the things that you're bad at are it's a learning curve, and that it's like okay, like I know I'm not great at this skill, so lear- flipping the script almost and being like okay, yeah. like this means I have more to grow in this <laughs> area, it. you know? Like okay, my blocking is sucking. Like ooh, that's ex- that should excite yeah. you. Now I get to learn. <laughs> I get to learn more about that, or my my diving and angle has been tragic. So mm-hmm. ooh. Okay, like that means I get to learn more. So flipping the script is a great way is a great way to help in, in areas like yeah. that where you're not sure or you're struggling in that scene. Be like, okay, turn it into a, a negative, making it into an excitement, learning, positive growth. Yeah, love it. Yeah, amigo, Kyle, friend, appreciate you coming on. Yes, let's go uh, explore Bonaire. Let's go see this beautiful <laughs> shoots, shoots, baby. Oh.